The Counter, an NFL podcast from USA Today Sports. Chuck, I have a question for you, man. Yeah. When are we going to go watch a game at McDonough together? Oh, man, I actually really want to go back sometime. I mean, they got they got some legit prospects. Yeah, maybe, I think they have an they have an interior lineman who's going to be at the uh, Penn State Auburn game on Sunday really? or on Saturday night. All right, next time, uh, next time I go to uh, DC, I will. I'm definitely trying to go see a game. All right, they, yeah, they play. Uh, looks like six o'clock tomorrow. Is that is that right? Uh, St. Mary's High School. You're this is Chuck's uh, Chuck's. Alma mater. Uh, we we got to go back, man. We should record a show from there. Actually, that's that's what I'm. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, I, I know they keep tabs on me because uh, you know my mom gets the McDonough alumni email, right, right. the magazine. I mean, and they'll be like, hey, some, sometimes like Charles McDonald is doing so and so. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like, you guys could also just reach out to me. You got to talk <laughs> to the kids or something. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't uh, have that relationship there. I like everybody there. Yeah, you like you like most people. Yeah, you're, you're, most, uh, most people I like. But if I don't like, I really, really. I mean, you're you're going to reveal later in this show that you now like Mac Jones, and you are now rooting for Mac I'm Jones. A, that's a thing that happens on the show. I'm baby. a Mac that's, Jones fan now. I don't know. That's how chill. That's how chill you become. You're you're rooting for Mac Jones uh, to succeed. I'm trying to find so, in my life where I. Play. Yeah, I I like it, man. I like it. I'm Chris Corman. He's uh, Charles McDonald. We work for For the Win. This is the counter. Uh, we are going to have our good friend Derek Klassen join us to break down the rookie QBs. Uh, this is obviously one of the big storylines of the year. Five first round guys. Uh, three of them started week one. Two others saw the field to varying degrees of success. Uh, you know, this is just a storyline that's going to percolate throughout the year. So we want to. Keep tabs on it. We talked a little bit about it on our uh, show on Tuesday and uh, just wanted to get Derek's view because he does extensive pre-draft breakdown, really knows these guys, uh, knows their tendencies, knows what they're good at, knows what they were asked to do in college, can compare it to what they're being asked to do now, just really do a deeper dive on it. Um, And so he will join us to do that. And then we're going to go through some picks, you know, still early in the season, still sort of figuring out who these teams are. Uh, and so we're just going to go game by game and Charles will tell you how he thinks things are going to play out uh, for the win has a new deal with Tipico, uh, a, a betting site that every time I hear that, that word, I just want to hear a Baltimore person say it because uh, the, they just, the pronunciation of Tipico would be amazing. <laughs> uh, but um, I, uh, you know, so we will go through those odds and, pick those games um uh, tell me this week looking at week two what what are you excited about uh as, as we move forward what what lingering questions are you hope hoping to get answered uh as, as we move a little bit further into the season uh i kind of want to see how bad this Titans defense is that's one thing they yeah. have a, a brutal test against uh seattle and, and russell wilson who like i feel like russell wilson just has this thing where at the start of the season recently, he just looks like the greatest quarterback that's ever played. Uh, and, you know, I, I that offense is going to provide a lot of stress for them. Uh, they kind of feel a little bit more, you know, cohesive on offense under this new guy, Shane Waldron, than they did. But I, I know it's only a one-game right. sample, so not too much right. uh, to read in there. And I guess staying in the AFC South, like, if they – if the Jaguars just lost this bad to the Texans, like how how bad? <laughs> like will they will they be able to get to the end zone against Denver? Like that's a pretty tough test uh, for yeah, Trevor Lawrence. Can, and yeah. so far, I mean, just from the preseason through now, Urban Meyer does like does not seem equipped for this NFL life. Like just doesn't seem to be uh, nope. handling it all that well. I mean, from the reports that we've seen, and you know, just from talking to other people, like dudes just blown up at preseason losses and every time he was on the camera last week he just looks like he is over all of this so you know th- those are two storylines i'm definitely looking forward to and then you know sticking with my uh you know hometown team or not hometown team but favorite team that i wish was not my favorite team the falcon <laughs> uh they play tampa bay uh on borderline like national television uh this week on sunday the line is 12 and a half uh, and I think their win total has dropped to like 5.5. 5. 
from 7.5 to 5.5 after one game against the Eagles. And now here comes uh, – or not here comes. You're traveling to Tampa Bay to take on Tom Brady and the Bucks after they have uh, 10 days of rest. So, uh, Have you ha- – have you watched much, much Spencer Rattler film? Uh, actually, yes, I have. Because, uh, <laughs> our buddy Bryce Rossler, who uh, who uh, we had on the podcast one time a few months ago, he has been charting uh, Oklahoma for SIS where he works, and he does not seem to be the biggest fan of uh, Spencer Rattler's game. So, oh, you know, wow. when you have someone who's like a big time fan of a program saying this this quarterback's not it, uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Oh man! All right, we gotta have Bryce on then at some point. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm looking at this Chiefs Ravens game. Uh, the Ravens uh, obviously had so many injuries. Uh, lose that completely insane overtime game to the Raiders. Now have to play. Uh, the Ravens have never played well against the Chiefs. Obviously, yeah. the Chiefs are very good, but the Ravens have not been close in recent matchups. Like, just look completely outclassed. Uh, Ronnie Stanley. I, I don't know what the latest update on him, but he's not something was wrong with him. <laughs> like, yeah, he's out this week. He is out now. Okay, I saw they elevated. Uh, they they signed a tackle maybe to the practice squad, and they elevated uh, like uh, Freeman. I guess I don't know if it was Bell or Freeman, but they uh, like the Ravens just feel like if if this game gets out of hand, uh, I'm not sure where this season goes. Right? Like it's they just they've gone through so much already. Um, I don't know, like, I'm not sure how, how, what, what Harbaugh's thinking about his offense coordinator. He famously fired, uh, Cam Cameron in the year that they won the Super Bowl, but that was like in December, I think Jim Caldwell took over. Uh, you know, I don't know if they're at that point, but it just feels like the Ravens are set up here to get trounced, uh, at home on Monday, it's Sunday night, I guess. Uh, and it, you know, where does that put this team that we all thought was going to be pretty good? So uh, super interested in that game. Um, and we'll talk about the rest of the slate uh, as we as we go here. But let's bring in Derek and talk about these rookie quarterbacks. Super interested to see how he uh, views them now that he's got a little bit of NFL tape to work off of and and just, you know, what he thinks about the prospects for them moving forward. All right, we're lucky enough to have Derek Class and joining us again, QB Class on Twitter. Uh, works for both uh, Football Outsiders and Bleacher Report. Derek, what's going on, man? Um, I mean, not a whole lot, unfortunately. The Thursday night game today is not going to be good, so not no. looking forward to that. But otherwise, glad to have a week under our belt at least. We talked about this a lot, but why does the NFL do this? Like, why? Like, I guess they just assume that everyone's going to watch Thursday night football regardless. Like that. Why not give us uh, Hopefully a the idea is to just get the bad ones out of the way first. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of think that's what it is because – this could just be anecdotally speaking, but we always get some crap because I think I think they have like an agreement basically where every team has to play at least one Thursday night game a year. And it's always bad at the beginning of the year, but I feel like, like once you hit Thanksgiving, it becomes a little bit more watchable. Like once you sledge through whatever team that the Lions are playing early in the day – I feel like from that point on, the things the Thursday night games are pretty all right. Yeah, man. All right. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll check back in in November. Well, because well, I'm pretty sure. That, I think the I think the Texans might play on Thursday night football next oh week. But God. hey, I mean, based on what they did last week, the Jaguars that could be a powerhouse. Game. Yeah, that's a you know, we're we're team Texans now, man. That, that's what happened at the end of the last show. Is we we oh yeah we switched next, it around. We're, next week, so tonight we get on Thursday night football, Washington football team versus the Giants. Next week, we be at Houston versus Carolina. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uh, we brought Derek on because uh, he was kind enough in the run-up to the draft to give us uh, an extensive breakdown of of his thoughts on the QB, the QB class. Uh, and he is uh, one of the top people breaking that down on the internet anywhere. Just uh, incredible work. Uh, but we wanted to sort of update where we are. Um, you know, we have now seen where they got drafted and how things have unfolded for those five first round picks. Uh, so, Derek, remind us how you saw this class uh, headed into the draft. And then how, how are you feeling now about uh, your rankings and, and where these guys stand uh, and their prospects for having good careers moving forward? Yeah. So, I mean, I had Trevor and Justin Fields as 
kind of like a 1A, 1B. Mm-hmm. Like, you, like, you just couldn't miss on those guys. I thought, right. you know, Justin Fields slipped a little bit, but to me he was probably the second best quarterback I've seen since I started doing this in 2013. So obviously right. that's after luck, but um, he just happened to be in the same class as the the best guy, which kind of sucks. But right. I, I thought those two were can't miss. F- or Lawrence, I mean, I think we knew he was going to be aggressive early on. I, I think he's always been someone who's very willing to, to test tight windows, see what he can get away with um, and stuff like that. So the picks I'm not really worried about, um, especially like, so the first pick he threw, he was like rolling left. Um, and it wasn't really a misread or anything. He had a guy open in the middle of the field and he just kind of overthrew it, which if you go back and watch him in college, he was actually outstanding at rolling to his left and, and being able to throw off platform like that, which is, you know, if you're a right-handed quarterback can be pretty right, tricky. Yeah. Um, but he was always really good at that. And so I think that's not something that's going to be, you know, a consistent problem in the NFL. I think he's going to iron that out pretty quickly and those misses aren't going to stick around. The second interception seemed like a guy who was, you know, pressing a little bit and trying to see if he could fit a ball into a cover two window without doing anything to the flat defender. And the flat defender got him and picked him off. So I think that's just kind of, uh, you know, a growing pain for being a rookie. And then the third one, I'm not even going to lie. That one, I have no idea what went on. But I think just, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think all the other top level throws we saw, particularly in structure, you know, they were doing a lot to really uh, attack the middle part and the deeper parts of the field. And I think you just saw his arm strength. Um, shine and just the way that he was able to manage the pocket with some of those, um, you know, deeper drops and longer, um, you know, time in the pocket. So I think he looked like a guy who belonged and was maybe just pressing a little bit, which is probably natural for a guy who's having to carry a franchise that just had the number one overall pick and doesn't have an NFL head coach. So I, I kind of understand <laughs> yes. why yes. he ended up Urban in that Myers. situation. Yes, yes. Oh, I love it. I love it. I, you know, I, I think it says something to how good Trevor is. Like when we're looking at a three interception performance and like everyone that I've talked to about that game is like, yo, he looked really good. And the fact that you can, you can have a three interception game and people still feel like real positive about what you did. Uh, because I mean, there are just some throws on there. Uh, even if there are penalties or drops that are just like, okay, this dude is like, we understand why, He's been billed as the number one pick since he was like a junior in high school. Like the talent uh, is absurd. So hopefully the Jaguars decide to start acting like a real team. Yeah, I mean, there was one throw he had that was actually an incompletion. But if I remember correctly, he had like the slot receiver running kind of like a, a seam bender or whatever. Um, the defense was in, I think, cover two. And like one of the, the linebackers kind of in the middle of the field was – to like putting body presence inside the vertical and was like carrying it up the field. And then Trevor kind of used his eyes to pull the linebacker inside and then threw the ball back behind him, like on the receivers on the receiver's back shoulder. It missed a little bit. Maybe the ball was like a little bit low, but you could very clearly see that he had like the right idea to beat what the Texans were doing in coverage. And then you could even see him after the play. He went up to the receiver and was kind of talking about, you know, I assume how they want to iron that chemistry out moving forward and just like I don't know, just just seeing him think about the game that way in his first, you know, NFL game ever and then, you know, immediately go up and try to fix the problem. I just think that type of stuff is, you know, over the course of 17 games, over the course of the next few years is going to really, really pay off for him, even despite, again, not having an NFL head coach. Uh, poor Justin Fields is not even getting to play football. Does this decision make any sense to you? Do you see any logic to, to him sitting behind Andy Dalton? I mean... No, like I've said before that I think ideally it would be great if every rookie quarterback could get a year to just chill. But that's also just not the reality that we live in. And we also just live in a reality where like guys are going to try to make or they should be making um, the decisions that are best for their job security. And to me, the best decision for Matt Nagy should be to play his best quarterback and win as many games as possible and make this team look as real as it is. He seems to think the opposite for whatever reason. Um, but I just think it doesn't make any sense to not start Justin Fields. I think he's one of the guys who, um, you know, could have been ready day one. I think he looked fantastic in the preseason. You know, his accuracy was really good. Obviously looked mobile. Um, he can do some of the designed run stuff. Um, I mean, it's just, he just, there's nothing to me that Andy Dalton provides that Justin Fields can't. Like maybe Dalton right now is going to be a little bit more sound pre-snap just because he's been in the NFL for, you know, eight, 10 years or whatever. But like, I think you kind of take that trade off with all of the other stuff that Justin Fields is going to give you. 
just the idea of someone trying to save their job in 2021 by starting Andy Dalton. Like, what? I, I, That's I, the I, thing. I, this isn't a good quarterback. Right. It's <laughs> right. got. It's got to be like. Is he? Is he holding out like the hope? Is it like if 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 hope is like on the horizon? Is that helpful for him? Is that his like? It's got to be some galaxy thinking. Like, oh well, we're we're developing this guy slowly, and we're going to be really good, and it's going to happen. But uh, just wait for it, guys. Like, I, I, it's, that's the only I, thing like, I can think of. My only yeah, thinking is I'm like getting from from point A to point B in the logic. I I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, so like, let's say they uh, play him um, halfway through the year, and he wins. You know, he goes maybe four and four at the end, and you can say, oh well, we look like you know an above. Right. We look like an average uh, team, and if we do the right things, and he develops, we can get to above average. We can get to ten, eleven wins the next year. But like, if you started him now and he won eight or nine games <laughs> this year, which I think is like entirely possible. How is that any different than the thing that, you know, holding him out? Like, you're, it, it just doesn't, the logic, like Chuck said, like getting A to B, just, there's no way. Yeah, that's it's insane. Uh, all right, who was your third guy? Uh, my third was Lance, unfortunately, a guy who didn't really get, um, you know, he's not going to get to start, but I can at least, like, see the logic in not starting him um, right away for a number of reasons. One, Jimmy is, you know, it's clear they want to move on from him and he's not the best quarterback, but we've seen this team be good with him before when when he's healthy and the rest of the team is healthy. Um, so, like, we at least have proof of concept of what the 49ers are doing. Um, so it kind of makes sense from that front. And also, I just think that Lance was probably not a guy who was going to be ready from day one from the jump. Like, that's just, you know, we knew he was like this 19, 20-year-old guy who only really had one year of play. Right. It was probably and needed to iron out some of his mechanics. I think, you know, his throwing mechanics in particular, like he was probably just going to be a guy who's going to need a little bit more time. Or if you do play him, it's going to look a lot more rough um, than, than a guy like I think Fields. So, um, you know, pretty much from every angle, it just makes so much more sense that they didn't want to rush him uh, into the fold, especially because, you know, like with Jimmy right now, again, Jimmy's not the best. But like this is they might win the division with him if he plays all 17 games. Yeah, he's better than Andy Dalton too. Like, yeah, he's a lot better than Andy Dalton. <laughs> uh, so, you, like the, the the one thing that's kind of interesting is between the Bears and the 49ers is we saw both of them this week. They tried to run like I guess some form of a two quarterback system, and I think you know just from watching it, it seemed like the 49ers had a more clear plan on what they wanted that to look like. Because when Trey Lance came in the game. Uh, against the Lions, and his first pass was a touchdown pass, uh, which is kind of cool. First pass of your career going for six. Uh, He, you know, they brought him in, and, you know, he's doing, like, a a little, you know, read fake, and then the receiver comes up on the corner of the end zone. He throws it for a touchdown. And at least, like, when Trey Lance comes in the game, you're expecting something different from what Jimmy offers. And, you know, the defense has to respect, like, that that read fit he goes through because if he pulls it or they run a play where he pulls it, we all know he has the speed and the size to, to pound it in, uh, you know, within, like, the five-yard line. But when Justin Fields came in the game for the first time for the Bears, he just, like, dropped back and threw a shotgun pass. And it was like <laughs> – like, that was, that was kind of weird. Like, and then they, they pulled him out of the game. And to me, like, I, I want to get – if this is, like, your read on it, but, like, to me, like, that – like just those two plays kind of shows you like, okay, one team has the facility to run a two quarterback offense because they have a plan. The other team just kind of seems like they know Justin Fields is their best quarterback, but they've kind of verbally committed to Andy Dalton so much that they don't really have the, the balls to put him in, I guess. Exactly. And like, it, to me, it felt more like the bears using fields was more just like, Oh, I guess we're in the red zone. I guess we have to put him in. Cause he's a, he's clearly a better red zone threat or whatever. Um, whereas like with the 49ers, it feels like they more clearly understand like how and why Lance is a really good red zone threat. Um, and, and their short yardage guy, I think he had a couple of short yardage carries, um, even before the touchdown that he threw. Um, and also just like you said, like, I think anybody who watches this sport is going to say that Kyle Shanahan is a much smarter (laughs) offensive mind than Matt Nagy. Um, the proof of concept is just there, especially in the run game. Like that's what Kyle Shanahan does. He's always going to have um, creative ways to get into the runs that he wants to. And he always can have, you know, creative wrinkles off of that stuff. And I think when you add a guy who is so dynamic like Lance, that if you get that small crease, he can probably break one off. And he, he didn't really yet, but like, I think that's something that's absolutely there for them. So, I mean, 
just like you said, like, it's just, it feels like Kyle has a plan for what's going on. And for Matt Nagy, it more just feels like he's pressured to play his yeah, best player, but won't just do it. Right. It, it, it feels, it feels like a pressure release. It's like, Oh, fans don't like, look, we put him in the game for a play. Like he, yeah. he's here, he exists. Uh, and like, it's, it's like, putting him right into the red zone without a great plan is like a very difficult thing too. <laughs> like uh, the, the chances <laughs> for him to look at his very best are, are probably not like optimized in that situation. It just feels all oh, like I, I, none of it makes any sense. Uh, just sort of like, it really feels like they're just well, playing a game to play a game's sake. Like, yeah. And just to make it simple, like, it shows why one team is viewed as like having a bright future and the other team is about to fire the head coach. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All I right. Think. Yeah. <laughs> Derek, who was number four on your list heading into the draft? Um, four, I had Zach Wilson, which, uh, you know, a lot of people probably had him two or three. Um, and I still liked Zach Wilson a decent amount. I thought he was like a guy that you take in the first round and you feel good good about taking the gamble but to me coming out of college like some of the every down stuff you know especially on pure dropback, just wasn't all the way there yet um I think he didn't really know what he was seeing especially over the middle of the field a lot and he would either just not throw over the middle of the field um or he you know that's where a lot of his interceptions came and I think we even saw that in in this debut like he threw a pick to I think it was Shaq Thompson over the middle of the field he just like didn't see a linebacker coming under one of those inbreakers so I think that particular interception is going to be one that he throws a few more times this year. Um, and I think that's probably something we expected and is fine. But, um, you know, on the positive end, I think we saw all the good stuff that we wanted to see from uh, Zach Wilson. I think he looked really, really good getting outside of the pocket, um, not just like in his, you know, creativity or, you know, keeping his eyes up and stuff. And he did do well with that. But like he looked really explosive. Um, I don't think he's a guy who's going to like, you know, break off 20 yard runs and it isn't very good in a sprint. But that first step that he decides to just get going after he sees a pass rusher is really elusive, man. Like, he can get away from people. You know, he got away from Brian Burns, I think, one time. And he had a couple of other plays where he did a really good job escaping pressure that, you know, a lot of these younger guys coming into the league have shown that they have to be able to do that. And I think he's done that. So um, I think he showed all the, you know, playmaking stuff. He showed that he could escape. And I think he showed mostly pretty good accuracy. Like I said, some of, you know, his decision making was a little bit up and down and pure drop back. But I don't think it was like disastrous in a way where I'm like, oh God, he he's even worse than I thought. I think he was pretty much about what we expected. And I think that's good for Jets fans. I mean, he's, I, you know, I said he was a first round pick. So I think, I think they're in good hands right now. Yeah, I, I was, I was pretty pleased. Honestly, I thought just running through in the first half, I thought that he played a lot better than like the stat show for the, the first half and then throughout the rest of the game. Like, I don't know, like it, it, it didn't feel like, you know, and it's funny because he was on the other side of the field, but like one of those Sam Darnold performances where it's just like, eh, <laughs> like there was nothing we were going to do today. Quarterback just didn't play well enough. Like to me, this was one of the games where you can actually say about a quarterback, yeah, everyone around him kind of failed. And the like the offensive line was horrible. Uh, Makai Becton left and he's out for uh, a good chunk of the season. So that's probably going to be something that, that hurts him. And, uh, you know, Elijah Vera Tucker, he didn't play much in the preseason and was like super up and down uh, in that game. Like he had some plays where uh, he looked like, oh, well, you know, that's why you take a guard in the top 15 or wherever they took him. Then he had some plays like, oof, looks like someone didn't play much in the preseason. So, you know, that that's probably going to be a spot that shores up. But the rest of the offensive line, I mean, you're, you're looking at like George Fant and Morgan Moses as you're starting right, as you're starting tackles in, in 2021. I mean, there's a reason why the why Washington was so, so cool moving on from Morgan. He's not quite the player that he used to be. So, uh, yeah, it, it might be a long season for Zach Wilson himself, but you know, if I was a Jets fan, I, I'd be pretty happy off that first game. And, and I think the supporting cast note is perfect because, you know, coming out of college, even one of the concerns I had, and I think most people, even probably his, you know, biggest um, fans thought was like, he obviously had a great offensive line at BYU. He wasn't pressured very much. We didn't know what he was going to look like having to manage NFL pockets. Um, and he obviously had a pretty good receiver core relative to, you know, a lot of the guys that he was, a lot of the teams that he was playing against that last year. And obviously with the Jets, that is not the case right now. I think everybody but Corey Davis needs to be reevaluated. Like that, those guys just cannot play right now. Um, and they put Zach into a lot of bad positions, particularly the offensive line. So I think the fact that he could go from like that kind of perfect situation at BYU 
go to kind of a dumpster fire in New York and still do a lot of the things that we expected him to do without crumbling the way that we've seen Sam Darnold crumble, I think is is pretty impressive because obviously Sam Darnold was kind of like the, you know, if this doesn't work out for Zach Wilson, that's what it's going to look like. And I think to Chuck's point, that's not really what it looked like. I think he looked better than that. All right. That brings us to Mac Jones. Can I Mac? just say this? I'm, I'm, I'm in. Like, I would like yeah. Mac Jones to be good. I don't know why I'm rooting for this now. Wait, but wait, what? I, I think, I think be, I'm where Chuck is, too. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, think, I just think it would be funny as hell if he was, like, a really good NFL quarterback. <laughs> uh, and that's just kind of the world that I'm rooting for now. I, I, I have nothing left to root for. I mean, the Falcons have stripped all fan joy from me. So yeah, I'm just going to root for stuff that makes me laugh. And I think that Mac Jones ending up like a Pro Bowl talent would be pretty funny. And I think, you know, just for him, like first game was pretty good. Uh, and I think in a good and bad way, it kind of showed off like, like I feel like I feel like everyone was right in their Mac Jones scouting reports. It's just like however you viewed his traits, like determined what you – like how, what your long-term view of him or what your short-term view of him or, or how much you valued him. Because, you know, I feel like everyone was on the same page. Like, you know, good in structure, pretty good accuracy. Uh, when things are right, like he can be a really effective quarterback. When things shut down, he doesn't like quite have the physical strength to or, or physicality or athleticism to get things going in the way that uh, you kind of see from the other top quarterbacks. And I think that in this game against the Dolphins, like it was that like exact scouting report where, you know, there's plays where, the ball is the ball placement is perfect. The accuracy is perfect, but there's just like not quite enough zip, and the defender can get to it. But there's a lot of plays where he's just running through his reads and getting the ball out quick and on time, and it's accurate. So, you know, I I, I think I think it'd be funny if it works out. I actually kind of like watching him play in the NFL so far. Like I I find it to be an enjoyable thing, which I didn't expect to think when I was watching that Alabama. So. Uh, you know, I, I, again, like like the rest of you guys, if you're a Patriots fan, you got to be feeling pretty good about what you've seen from Mac Jones, too. I mean, yeah, he was – the thing with Mac Jones is I think we all knew he was going to be a guy who was going to play pretty mistake-free football, get the ball out on time, and be accurate. I'm going to be honest, I didn't think that he would, you know, be able to be that clean in structure that fast. Mm-hmm. Um and maybe that was just a one-week blip, and I'm sure he'll have a couple of rookie performances where he doesn't look as clean, but um, I think it's just hard for any rookie to look that clean that fast. I mean, shit, even Trevor didn't look, you know, I mean, Trevor had his ups and downs, and he was, you know, the GOAT for the past decade or whatever. So um, I think the fact that he was able to just look so comfortable the whole time, especially against pressure, you know, you know, like you mentioned, and I think you're right, like he doesn't really have the tools to get outside of the pocket and make that many plays Um or make tough throws under pressure, but he doesn't really panic. I think he actually does a pretty good job of staying true to whatever he saw and just kind of um, getting the ball out to the right area or just checking it down if that's what he needs to do. So I think he just played really good mistake-free football. And obviously the concern was going to be arm strength. And I think we saw a couple of throws where it hurt him. You know, there was one there where I tweeted out where I think he was throwing like a deep over um, and he got pressure in his face. And if he had been able to drive on that a little bit more, um, it probably would have been complete. Um, but I think at the same time, we saw a couple of plays where it was like, yeah, maybe his arm is fine. You know, I think he had like a deep 15 yard out to Nelson Aguilar on the sideline from the far hash. That was really nice. And then he had another um, ball up the seam to Nelson Aguilar that he might have thrown a tick late, but the ball still got there. And Aguilar made a really good catch um, with the safety coming up to hit him. So I think the arm strength thing is is probably going to crop up now and then. But it seems like it might not be as much of an issue as it could have been uh, coming out. Does he uh, does he have as good a chance to succeed in any other team, or is this like the best possible landing spot for him with the Patriots? And, and what I mean, I think it's probably the best possible landing spot, but I still think that he he's you know a guy who played such mistake free football, like we mentioned, um, that that was always probably going to translate to some degree, and he's just really accurate. You know, the arm strength stuff, like we mentioned, he's not going to be able to do some of the out of structure stuff, and I think if he had fallen to a worse team, obviously he would be forced to be doing that a lot more. Like, you know, if he was put into um, Zach Wilson's situation, for example, right. he's not going to be able to do some of the stuff that bailed the Jets out. And that's that's just kind of the nature of who he is. But um, I think the Patriots are obviously a good enough team right now that that's not a problem. And I think, um, yeah, I think it is just 
probably the perfect landing spot for him. But I think some of what he does just translates everywhere that he probably could have been fine in a lot of other places. Chuck, yeah. what else you got? Anything else? Uh, no, not really. I mean, we had uh, Zach versus Mac uh, next week. Uh, I, I think that game's in New York. I'm going to try to get credential and go. Uh, yeah, it's in New York. Yeah, go. so you know, we have the that coming up. Hopefully the Bears get their senses together and, and put their best quarterback in the game because, again, you, you're, you're on your last bet here and you're, you're riding with Andy Dalton. Like That's the plan, to, to milk this as long as you can. I don't, I don't think that makes much sense, Matt. I don't think that makes much sense, Ryan. So hopefully they can uh, get Justin Fields in the game. And uh, I'm excited to see what Trevor can do uh, against a pretty tough Broncos defense. And like if he can start shining against them uh, and make some of those throws we saw against Houston, uh, yeah, I think that's something that Jack's fans can be really excited about as the rest of their team seems to fall into pieces. Yeah. The last thing I'll say on Trevor is just like, he's going to keep throwing those interceptions. One, because the offense is just kind of discombobulated right now. It doesn't seem like they fully know what they want to do. And a lot of their players didn't play very well um, in week one. So that's obviously going to hurt him because he's just naturally aggressive. But I think he's also a guy that like, he's probably just going to try to see what he can get away with. And I think so long as all of the flash, you know, the good stuff is there. He's a rookie on a horrible team. And that's all you're really looking for is, is to, you know, for him to give you all this stuff that makes you believe he should have been the first pick. So I think all the interceptions are going to stay there, but but keep calm, Jacks fans. It's going to be fun. If you get a new coach at some point soon. Right. If we can get a new coach by next year, everything's going to be fine. I don't fine. know if keeping calm is really the way for them to go. I think, uh, praying that USC makes the hire that everyone thinks USC may make is the best thing for Jag fans to do at this point. Uh, free them of urban. All right. Thanks, Derek, man. It's always great having you on. I, I have a feeling we'll probably – ask for you to do this again you know in a couple weeks we'll check in on the the rookie qbs and see what we learned that sounds good to me i'm always glad to to chop it up hopefully you know hopefully at least justin fields is playing by then i I think we're not going to get lance but hopefully we get one of them i'm just looking at the schedule trying to figure out when andy dalton is going to falter uh i feel like he's probably going to have a good game against the Bengals this week but then maybe after that we'll, we'll we'll get what we want so all right, thanks, man. And uh, everybody, make sure you follow Derek on Twitter. He is at QB Class. Uh, great insights on there. We'll uh, talk to you some point later. Thanks, man. All right, Chuck, it's time, man. Let's uh, let's get your picks. You're gonna make everybody some money, right? Yeah, everybody, everybody should take these to the bank, right? These are I went eight and eight last year, so. Eight and eight. Yeah. That's uh, you know. Look, professional. Like the best professional gamblers, they're hitting like fifty five percent. So we're. Yeah, I don't know. If we're, I don't know if we're supposed to say this now that we have a we have a you know a, a huge gambling sponsorship, but like it's very hard. It is like this is it is not a uh, an easy thing to do to pick these games. No. Nope. So, um, Look, there's a reason why Vegas is making a lot of money off this. Thing. <laughs> Pretty good at what yeah. they do. <laughs> they're not just they're not just handing out money every week, but that just that should not stop you from using that. Tipico sports book, you know? Yeah, get over to Tipico. Tipico. Uh, uh, I, uh, this, this is not a good advertisement for our site because it's not working for me right now. It just keeps reloading the page, uh, which is... That's okay. You don't need to see the page to make some picks. Make it... I, I do, actually, because <laughs> the, 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 the lines are on there. Uh, hold on one second. All right, here we go. You guys can find these picks over at For the Win. Uh, Charles McDonald here does these with Charles Curtis every week. Uh, NFL picks against the spread week two. Will the Ravens bounce back against the Chiefs is the headline. Uh, go find that, ftw.usatoday.com. Uh, all right, we're going to start. I, I think this is just maybe in chronological order. Giants at the football team. Putrid Thursday night game. Why? Why is this happening to us? Uh, Giants minus three and a half on this one. Uh, Charles, you picked the football team. Uh, yeah, I did. I just – I think that the Giants' offensive line is just critically bad to a point where it's going to just hold them back most of the season. Uh, right. And, you know, here comes Chase Young, John Allen, Montez yeah. Sweat, Deron Payne. Like, 
This is probably the best defensive line in the league. Uh, so I think this is going to be tough sledding for the Giants once again. And yeah, I just don't know how you can have that much confidence, especially when you know you have a quarterback that turns the ball over as much as Daniel Jones against one of the elite defensive lines uh, in the league with a poor offensive line in front of him. Like even if like I, I do kind of like how their skill players like in theory match up against uh, Washington, but I just don't know if you're going to have enough time to actually uh, get anything done. So you know. The, the short analysis is defensive line good, offensive line bad. <laughs> that's like a, that's like every high school football game, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, as soon as you figure that out, you're just like, oh, all right, okay, got it. Uh, all right, Raiders, Steelers, Steelers minus four and a half on this one. Uh, you went with the Steelers for your pick. Uh, yeah, I do, just because I, I thought that, you know, going back to that game, that just ridiculous game that the Raiders had against the Ravens. I thought that the Ravens defense yeah. did some nice things. They just kind of critically broke down at, at some areas. And uh, I, I think when you look at some of the injuries they sustained before the game with Marcus Peters and then during the game where they, I think they lost another cornerback. Uh, I forget what his name is, but he's going to be out for a few weeks. Yeah, I just think that the Steelers defense is healthier. Uh, I think they have more talent on the defensive line in front seven uh, as a whole than Baltimore does right now. So, I, honestly, I expect Derek Carr to get pretty rattled because I, I think that the Ravens showed, and this is something that we've known about Derek for a while, but uh, he he can get rattled pretty easily. Like when it comes to just getting hit or showing the different blitz looks, like if he gets rattled and gets a little nervous back there, that's something that can affect him for like drives that time when he comes to trying to get the ball out in a timely manner and withstand some of these pass rushes you're going to see. So, you know, I'm not sure what Richie Incognito status is for next week, but I. Uh, the rest of the offensive line, even without, even with him in the game, that's a pretty big, uh, I think, you know, talent advantage for the Steelers. And it, even if Ben, even if Ben Roethlisberger is still like doing this dink and dunk stuff, where he's not doing that much, uh, I, I still think that they have enough to get past the Raiders' defense. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think I, I, the Raiders, it just feels like we'll we'll crash a little bit after. Uh, after <laughs> that game, yeah. you know, and, and what they went through. Um, all right, up next, Rams at Colts. Colts are getting three and a half here. Um, makes sense. <laughs> one good QB, yeah. one bad QB. Uh, <laughs> uh, you went with the Rams. Yeah, I, I honestly think the Rams beat the hell out of them. Uh he, he, and honestly, it really has more to do with the defense than Matthew Stafford. Like, you get mm. Quentin Nelson, like, he's not 100% yet. Wentz, is, Wentz himself is not 100% yet. And, you know, here comes Aaron, like, Aaron Donald. Okay. That's, that's going to be a, <laughs> a pretty tough matchup for them. I And I think that right. the Rams are going to be able to score to the point where Carson Wentz has to play keep up with Matthew Stafford and, like the the most dangerous Aaron Donald is the Aaron Donald that doesn't have to think about whether it's a run or a pass play. Like when he can just pin his ears back and pin it blow back. people yeah. up. Uh, I I think that this is going to be a game where people will go, oh yeah, that's why he's like the best defensive tackle that has ever played football. Uh, and I think that you know when you look at him and Jalen Ramsey, uh, this is a defense that is still arguably featuring the top two defensive players in the entire league together and. Uh, you know, they're pretty good, and I think that they're, they're a lot better than Carson Wentz. That's my detailed analysis for it. <laughs> Patriots at Jets. Jets are getting five and a half here, uh, which led you – this is the first uh, one you guys disagree yeah. on, I think. Uh, you you went with the Jets here uh, basically just because – Yeah, I, I don't think the Jets are going to win. Uh, but, you know, like when, when the way that, you know, me and my buddy Justice think about it is – if you are thinking about home field advantages when it comes to betting, you know, maybe these aren't as strong as they used to be, uh, but basically home field is worth six points. So if you were going to flip it, the Patriots would be favored by 11 and a half points over the Jets at home. Uh, that just kind of seems like a lot for a team that is still in, like in game two of a rookie quarterback. And I know that the, the Jets are uh, in the same place, but, I, wow. But, you know, that's just a big spread uh, for a team to come on the road uh, and, and get that done. And, I mean, I, I think that the Patriots are definitely a better team, and I think that 
it's definitely possible that they win this by like 10 points or something. But, you know, I think I, I, I just kind of think that Zach Wilson maybe has enough in him where uh, he can come get a backdoor cover late in the game. But uh, I'll go Patriots yeah. win just cover the spread just because it's kind of big at home. Yeah. I mean, I think Mac Jones's job is much easier than uh, yeah. Zach Wilson's. But uh, as far as how the offense is run and but he does, it's not like he has an explosive uh, right. offense route right. You know, like Nelson Nelson Aguilar is like one of their key guys. You know, like whereas uh, the Jets have some some talent. You know, if Wilson gets, I don't think he's going to get much time with Beckton out. But uh, I, it's just hard to see the Patriots exploding for a bunch of points where they're they're putting it totally yeah. out of reach. Uh, so uh, sticking in uh, that division, Bills at Dolphins. Dolphins are getting three and a half. Well- yeah, Bills. I went Bills just because honestly, like when I looked at the, I, when I, I went back and watched that Patriots Dolphins game, I honestly just didn't find the Dolphins' import performance all that impressive. Uh, I thought that the Patriots were the better team, and you know, you just kind of got screwed at the end with uh, that fumble by Damien Harris, uh, and you know, stuff just kind of goes bad, bad for you sometimes. It's football; it's a, it's a random game, but. Uh, I, I was impressed with the Dolphins overall, really. Their defense did some nice things, but Tua just kind of looked uh, all right. And I think when you're looking at the Bills offense, who I think they're they're, they're in for a bounce-back week. I know the Dolphins have a good defense, but uh, Josh Allen has had good games against his defense before, and I I just think that it's going to be tough for Tua to have to keep up with like a truly explosive offense instead of one that is still – like kind of finding their identity with a rookie quarterback. So uh, I, I like the Bills, even on the road, to get uh, get get that spread at three and a half. Yeah. Uh, most of the reviews I've I've read and, and, you know, film guys who studied this said that Josh Allen was not that bad. I mean, his stat line was not great last week, but that he actually played pretty well and, and was a little bit more like last year's Josh Allen. And I, I think that's probably the concern for people is like, did he regress all the way back? Uh, but it seemed like it was more of a fluky type of game where the numbers just didn't line up with how he actually played. So yeah, watch that moving forward. Uh, Broncos at Jaguars. Uh, Jags are getting five and a half, on this um, one, which shows you how uh, how 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 dire that. Person yeah, is. I I I think that the the. The Broncos, they might only need to score seven to cover to cover the spread. Like, get in the end zone one time or kick two field goals. And, that, that really and then just let Vic Fangio do Vic yeah. Fangio. Yeah, I mean, just terrorize Terrorized. because Trevor Lawrence. What are, they, what are they supposed to do here? Like, Trevor Lawrence, he, they just don't have enough talent to get past this Broncos defense. When you look at the Broncos defense, like, they have they have, like, dudes at every level of the defense with this pass rusher. Uh, corner sec- safety, like they have some really talented pieces uh, on that defense, and you know it's going to be tougher than last week versus the Texans, and they they didn't play well versus the Texans defense really either. I know that Trevor Lawrence had uh, his nice moments, but the offensive line wasn't great. Uh, Urban Meyer himself said that they kind of needed to give James Robinson the ball more, which is like I don't know why you're not figuring that out real time. Like it's always been kind of a weird excuse to me uh, for coaches. After the game, like you're there, you know what these guys are capable of. Give them the ball. Uh, <laughs> so you know, I just don't think that the Jaguars are coordinated enough right now to get past uh, a, a team that has like quietly a lot of veteran experience on defense and obviously uh, a veteran play caller and big fan. Joe, like that, that that game to me has uh, get ugly potential. And I usually try to avoid teams that are you know, heavy favorites on the road, like five and a half is a pretty big favorite on the road, but that Jaguars team doesn't look ready for the season. Yeah. Just want to note that Charles has already called for a uh, free Trevor Lawrence here. It's uh, a couple days before week two has even begun. And yep. We're already, we're already here. Trying to get Trevor. Trevor. <laughs> uh, Texans at Browns. Browns are giving up 11 and a half. Yeah. Uh, I, I took the Texans just because, yeah, I, I wrote it, but I think Texans. We're a Texans podcast, we are a Texas now, man. Podcast. Nice. But I, you know, I, I was just thinking like the Texans might just be like normal bad instead of you know the world is ending apocalyptically, apocalyptically bad. Like bad. it's yeah, 
And I mean, like, I, I definitely am not convinced that that is a, a good or even a decent or average or like below average team after beating the Jaguars like that. But I don't think that anything we saw last week suggests that the Browns should be like almost two touchdown favorites over the Texans. Uh, that just that just seems like a lot of points. Like, I, I definitely expect the Browns to win uh, maybe by 10 points. But 11 and a half, that seems uh a little rich to me. So I'm going to run with the Texans on this. And, you know, maybe I think that Tyrod played well enough to kind of earn that face with uh, yeah. 11 and a half points on the road. Yeah. Brandon Cooks is really yeah, good. Yeah, he last was. Too. I mean, they, you know, they've got some. I mean, you know, it's going to be hard running away from Miles Garrett. Like, that's a bit of a, a different challenge from uh, Caleb Vaughn Chasen, who missed an inexplicable amount of plays in the backfield uh, last week. But, you know, I, I just think that that's a, that's a ton of points. Yeah. Uh, 49ers at Eagles. Eagles are plus three and a half here. Uh, I took the 49ers. Eagles, do it against a real football team. Then I'll be a believer. That, <laughs> what, what, what they did against the Falcons was like, all right, that's nice. Good for you. Good for you, Nick Sirianni. <laughs> but come on, like the Falcons, that, that to me, that game was more about the Falcons just looking like a lifeless husk of a football team. I like I like that you've taken your your hatred for Atlanta has now bled over that the team that bludgeoned Atlanta you also <laughs> I'm not angry at them I just want them to do it against a real they football not, team they did not they they, they proved yeah. nothing to you I think that's fair though I think uh, I I too do not believe in the Eagles <laughs> I grew up outside Philadelphia so uh, Bengals at Bears uh, Bears minus two and a half I I went with the Bengals because. I mean, it's just it's the right thing to do until they put Justin Fields in the game, put him against the Bears, <laughs> and also I I just you know you get Andy Dalton revenge game. Uh, I don't know. I don't think that I'm a believer in that. And also you know just like for a bit of like real not jokey analysis, uh, the Bears cornerbacks are not very good. Uh, like this is a, a pretty weak unit. Uh, you know, they, they got a dude in Jalen Johnson who, you know, I, I think has a, a nice future as a starter in this league. But uh, the rest of the room is very unproven. And, you know, if the, the Bengals wide receivers can replicate what they did week one and not throughout the preseason and kind of remember, like, the level of the talent that they have. I mean, we're talking about Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Like, that's a pretty strong wide receiver trio. Uh, you know, I, I thought T. Higgins and Jamar obviously both played a really good game last week. And, that could be like a, a legit talent advantage that the Bengals will exploit. Uh, and I, I think that they can get this done on the road. And also, man, I'm, I'm just, I'm not a believer in Andy Dalton. I'm not a believer in that offensive line. Like it would take Allen Robinson and David Montgomery to kind of put this offense on their back to keep up with what receiver talent the Bengals have. Yeah. Uh, Saints at Panthers. Panthers getting three and a half here. You still want? Yeah, I, I took the Saints. And I realized that wow, I picked a lot of road teams this week, but whatever. Uh, I, I took the Saints just because I, I, I mean, we saw what they just did to the Packers. Like that was a bludgeoning. Uh, the offensive line looks as good as it's ever been. Uh, and if James Winston is going to keep playing efficient football, like that's something that can really help them out. Uh, I still don't really know like how much faith to have in this Panthers defense. I know uh, that they put a pretty big performance against the Jets last week for for a good chunk of the game, but now uh, you're playing a much tougher offensive line and, and you know a head coach and play call that has a lot more experience than where Michael Flores. Yeah, uh, Falcons at Bucks. <laughs> You mentioned this line earlier. Uh, Bucks are minus 12 and a half on this one. Um, Come on. Yeah. I, I took the Bucks. Uh, just watch the fourth quarter of the Falcons Eagles game and all the plays where you have Devon Hargrave getting in the backfield in like two seconds. Imagine now it's Vita Vea. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I wrote in the column that. After that game, the Falcons should just move to the SEC. And I think that after the the beatdown that Arkansas gave to Texas, we can take Texas' bid away from them and give it to the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Chuck's uh, redoing all yep. the football. It makes makes sense to me. Uh, Vikings at cards. Cards minus four and a half. You went with the Cardinals here. Uh, the Vikings, I, I feel like we kind of glossed over this a little bit. But, man, they were, they were yeah. bad. Uh, in week one it was uh that, that whole that that whole situation there with Zimmerman like 
essentially being irate at his players for not getting, uh, not getting <laughs> inoculated against a, a virus that uh, can be fought with with a yeah. vaccine. Yeah, it really seemed to bother him, and I don't know. It just feels like some of that was bleeding onto the field. I mean, it was just calm. Yeah, just just wasn't good. And I know that like Bengals fans should like be happy uh, with that performance last week and and how how they won. But just in general, like I don't think that the Bengals are still like an overly strong team. And for the Vikings to really really struggle with them, uh, I, I think it's gonna be a long year in Minnesota. And I think that this is the last year that Zimmer is gonna be the head coach there. And honestly, it kind of seems like that's what he wants. So. Uh, I I don't really have a lot of faith in this team moving forward for the rest of the year, but I'm excited to get these Zimmer quotes because they make me laugh. And, uh, he's <laughs> brutally honest. He does not he, care. He's brutally honest in a way that is weirdly endearing to me. Like if I was a Vikings fan, I don't think I would like it, but I'm not. So I find it wonderful. <laughs> uh, what is what is Vance Joseph got going on with this Cardinals defense? Because I mean, it obviously looked good in Week One, but it feels like it's been building yeah. for a long yeah. They were bit. good last year, uh, man, and yeah. I think one thing, obviously, besides Chandler Jones just blacking out and going berserk with five right, sacks, right. two forced fumbles, uh, Isaiah Simmons looks me to me right. They they yeah, they've kind of figured right. it out, and I was skeptical about him like finding a home. At linebacker, but they're just putting him in situations where the speed shows, the athleticism shows, uh, the range and pass coverage shows. Like there are plays, even if you go back into the, the preseason, where you know they got him in the slot on McCole Hartman, and you know McCole runs a four two and, and has like legitimate Olympic right. speed when he gets the ball in his hands, and they got him in man coverage, and you know Isaiah has like fifty pounds on him, and he's in coverage. He's like a little late seeing how the play breaks, but once he sees where Harden's going, he's got the speed to catch up to him and, and make a tackle like at, at the, the point of the catch. So, you know, that's a guy who has rare, rare athletic ability. And then Zayvon Collins, the other linebacker who they drafted in the first round, like that's going to be a really fun duo because Zayvon can kind of be a hammer against the run in ways that they can't, that Isaiah can't, but right. they both have range and pass coverage, even if Isaiah has like a little bit more because that guy's just like a one-of-one athlete. So, uh Brian Murphy looked like really good in the slot. And I think what's really impressive about the job that Vance Joseph is doing is they seem to get better like as the season progresses. And so far, they're, it looks like they're going to build on what they did last year. And and that's like quietly a super duper fun defense to watch. Right, right. And, you know, they had J.J. Watt doing like a fair amount of grunt work. You know, like I, I think there's always the danger when you bring in a huge name like that and it's one of your bigger offseason moves. Like we all know if you're watching – football closely that J.J. Watt's not who he used to be. But, like, when there's a big, you know, move like that, you worry that, okay, they're just going to let him line up and try to do his thing. But, like, they, he was playing on the inside a lot, and, like, he was he was doing, like, a lot of just tough – like, they used him in in the right way. They did, they weren't going to try to get him his sacks. Like, they he was, uh, you know, playing on the inside and just taking on blockers, in which he's – really yeah. good at doing it's not sort of how people think about him but um with his athleticism is has tipped back but he's still a very physical player uh so I, I think you know it just seems like a really well constructed unit at this point uh, you know i feel like that's something we'll be writing about it yeah definitely uh yeah Titans, seahawks uh seahawks minus five and a half here you uh, i am not surprised at all went with seahawks. yeah i i just think that russell wilson's gonna go berserk uh I don't. I just don't see how the Titans can account for the speed that the receivers on Seattle has, and uh, I, I just kind of expect it to look a little bit more coordinated than what the Cardinals did last week. Because you know, like like, like Kyler Murray played the game of his life. Uh, I mean, it, it was an incredible performance by him. But you know, I thought that he was kind of doing a lot of this stuff like independent of what Cliff was putting into the game. Like that was just Kyler being right. Kyler and. Uh, I, I think that the the Seahawks offense, just based on what they did against Indianapolis, seemed to be uh, maybe a little bit more well constructed. And then you know, Russell is just he he's going to do what he does, and I just don't really know how they're going to keep up. And like on the flip side, uh, you know, Tennessee's offensive line might be a, a major problem. Uh, and I know that they have AJ Brown and Julio Jones and, and Derrick Henry, and 
those guys are definitely going to have their moments where they look like the superstars that they are. But uh, it's kind of get hard to get that going if your quarterback's on the back every other play. All right. Uh, Cowboys Chargers, one of the more intriguing games of the weekend, I think. Uh, Chargers minus two and a half. You went with the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, I, I this was this one was kind of tough. Uh, and yeah, you just, I think I just ended up going Cowboys just because I I, I saw how Dak kind of got more comfortable from the start of the game last week against Tampa Bay to the end. They're coming off ten days rest. Uh, and I, I don't know. I, I just kind of think that Dak is going to play well enough to get them through. And I, I think that uh, that receiver trio, Amari, CD, Gallup, right. is just so tough for any team in the league. Uh, and, you know, even a team like the Bucks, as good as their defense is, they have some struggles with it too. Uh, and I think I just want to see a little bit more out of the Chargers defense before I'm ready to get, like, super excited about them because, I mean, Washington, Taylor Haneke, Ryan Fitzpatrick, that's not – the same test as playing Dak Prescott in these guys. So, uh, you know, I, I took the, the the Cowboys, even though that was tough for me, because I just kind of feel like they're a little bit better team right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be – I mean, it would be a really good game. It should be exciting, but you're right. Like, the Cowboys, what they have around Dak, and if he gets one more game comfortable uh, you know, spreading the ball around, it's just it's hard to see Herbert keeping up. I mean, he was fantastic mm-hmm. Be, be a good one. Chiefs at Ravens. This is the Sunday night game. Uh, Ravens are getting three and a half. Oh, uh, yeah. I just don't think that they have the firepower to keep up. Uh, and it's really as simple as that. You know, Ronnie Stanley's out this week. Uh, and honestly, I think that's probably for the best. Like, he didn't look remotely healthy uh, against the Raiders, and you just don't want to exacerbate whatever he's got going on or, or if it's still lingering effects from the Achilles injury. So they're going to move Alejandro Villanueva back to left tackle. Maybe he'll show signs of life over there because he was terrible against the Raiders. He was they also lost their starting left guard, uh, Tyree Phillips, to, you know, I think it's a season-ending injury or he or he's on IR for a while. So uh, it's bleak, man. Uh, and here comes Chris Jones, you know. So it's really tough to keep up with Patrick Mahomes because he's going to do his thing. He's going to score points. Uh and to have to keep up with that while your offensive line is at like a major disadvantage, this is, I think this is obviously going to be a pretty ugly game for the Ravens. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Westry was the cornerback uh, right. who got hurt. He's out again. Uh, you know, so they're just shuffling guys in and trying to make anything happen. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's dire, as you said. Um, all right. That brings us to the Monday night game. Lions at Packers. <laughs> uh, Packers are giving up 10 and a half here. Uh, Packers obviously were terrible in week one against the Saints, but still a heavy favorite against the Lions. You went for the Packers. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I know that they look so bad against the Saints, but I just feel like this has kind of been a team that the Packers just you know poop on, for lack of a better phrase. Uh, I'm 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 just not at a point where I'm going to pick the Green Bay Packers to not cover the spread against the Lions. Like it could be fifty, it could be a hundred. I'm just going to take history and run with the Packers. All right, makes sense to me. I think I think I said that the other day. Well, it just feels it's, like Aaron it's Aaron Rodgers against the Detroit Lions. Uh, I, I just looked yeah. it up in his career. Uh, against the Detroit Lions, Aaron Rodgers. He's played 22 games. <laughs> QB rating of 187. Like <laughs> he's uh, he's 17 and five against the Lions all time. Uh, he's on a four game winning streak against the Lions. He uh, has thrown 46 touchdowns to eight interceptions in those 22 games against the Lions, uh, and he's averaging almost eight yards an attempt. So, pretty good. Yeah, pretty pretty good. All right, guys, that's all we got for uh, for today. Uh, join us. Uh, we'll be, you know, blogging up the, the NFL on, on Sunday. Uh, and then Monday uh, should have a show recapping uh, what happens in week two. We'll kind of break things down. I think Chuck's working on – he's taking a closer look at some of these rookie quarterbacks to uh, kind of – going through the film looking for plays that are indicative of, of sort of who they are and, and what, where they are in their development right now. 
so you know that post should come out at some point but we'll be around uh you can find him on twitter at forverts i'm at chris corman uh you know hit us up there if you if you disagree with something we said or have something to add we're always always willing to listen uh chuck what do you got how do you want to close uh listen to this football weekend hopefully no one gets hurt because uh just I like this this new this new just laid back yeah. Charles McDonald's. Hopefully uh, no one gets hurt because we've already suffered a lot of injuries up to this point of the season. So yeah. Praise yeah. up. Football is brutal, it turns out. But yeah, that's that's a good thought, a good way to end. Thanks for joining us, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Take care. The Counter, an NFL podcast from USA Today Sports.